Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in to the 11 personnel, Nick Roush and Adam Luckett, getting you ready for the Cats and the Gamecocks. Saturday night, sold-out crowd at Kroger Field. Kentucky trying to avoid a losing streak, uh, a common thread among Mark Stoops' seasons. They dropped three last year in a row after starting 6-0. and um, that 2018 team lost a couple back-to-back games, really derailed. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The season, look at the message has been, we still have our goals in front of us after that Ole Miss win, but we got to leave that loss in the past. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to get up off the mat here, um, see what they have. I think it's Nick, it's good. Unlike last year, it's probably good that they're coming home. Last year, they had to go road, road, um, go to Mississippi State place they never play well after that Georgia game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this year they get to come home and play a team they've had a lot of success with and a team they have um, a buddy rivalry with, I would say. So from that aspect, mm-hmm. I, I think that helps. But, um, you know, you're not, I, this is just this is typically not a spot a Mark Stoops team plays well in. Uh, we have a decade of data to tell us that. And so seeing how uh, – specifically the first loss, like the first big game loss. Um, so seeing how they bounce back from here, it's going to be um, what I'm most interested in Saturday night because I think we can get into it. Kentucky's the better team here. but yeah. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a big spot. It's a huge spot for South Carolina. Um, It's one of their biggest games of the season. They've had two kind of weeks to get their bodies ready for this game and their, their plan ready for this game. So it's a big moment for them as well, and it's also a big moment for Kentucky. And so we're just going to have to see how that all plays out on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you alluded to it, but, you know, South Carolina, they've had two weeks to beat up on bad teams. Now Kentucky, they're all banged up. They're all banged up. We're not exactly sure who all is going to be available when they take the field. Uh, this Saturday, uh, Jeremy Flax injured his hamstring on that final drive. Um, you think you're going to get J.J. Re- uh, Weaver back, uh, which would be a net positive, but 
Jacquez Jones likely out at middle linebacker. So just a just a lot of uncertainties. And as Stoops uh, pointed out on Wednesday's SEC teleconference, you know, like the mental the the mental part of those is one thing. He feels good about his team in that regard, but physically they are pretty beat up. Uh, for they're fortunate they don't have Mississippi State this week. They do have South Carolina team uh, that they should have uh, inferior or superior talent. So let's let's go ahead and get into it, Luckett, because uh, I know we can start with the Big Blue Nation's favorite punching bag, Spencer Rattler. I don't know when it happened, but there's been this animosity with Spencer Rattler brewing for quite some time. Maybe it's because folks watch Nick Scalazzo on QB1. I don't I know. I think that's but what most of it goes back to, for sure. Just like hating on some punk-ass high school kid. It's like, man, what you if you don't like me now, you should have seen me back in 2010. I was a punk-ass high school kid. I know. Kid. We watched... We watched the first one in our house with Jake Fromm and Tate Martell. I've never seen someone make my wife more mad than Tate Martell on that show. Uh, I will say, like that made her like steam coming out of her ears, mad. Um, so we, I, so I didn't get into the second season. Uh, maybe more for our mental mental well being here at the house, but uh, because I've heard all the the stuff about Rattler, I've still never seen that. But I'm on your, I'm with you, Nick. Like it's a high school kid, man. He was a five star recruit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that just, he should be a cocky little he should be a, yeah, right. head, for yeah. lack of a better term. Like that's just what he was. Um, but I do think some of it is the he was destined to be the next big thing in Lincoln Raleigh system. He was the preseason Heisman Trophy favorite. First and, high school quarterback to start for Lincoln Riley. First high school recruit. Yeah. Right. Because he took yeah. all those transfers before that. And he actually didn't do that poorly from a numbers standpoint, but his teams blew leads, right? Like um, I think it was Iowa State where they were up real big and yeah. he started throwing interceptions and then it kind of goes haywire. Um, and, and so. Even though he did get replaced by – like, a lot of it was Caleb Williams was just better. And with that guy, it wasn't necessarily because he was playing so poorly he couldn't play football. So, it was a big gift for South Carolina to get him from the transfer portal because historically, they're terrible at quarterback play, right? Like, since they've joined the SEC, they've had zero whole SEC quarterback selections, which is kind of hard to do. Like who, who's their best quarterback they've had? Connor Shaw, Steven Garcia, like yeah. Tannehill. Like they've stunk. So to get Spencer Rattler was a big deal. But as we've seen so far, like it, it hasn't really amounted to much. Yeah, I think back to Rattler, the thing was the, the offense just couldn't hit with at Oklahoma. They just couldn't get to that level of turbo drive that they usually been able to get with really good quarterbacks. Um, there was kind of a ceiling with Rattler, and that led to some of the struggles uh, you saw. And even after a year starting and kind of having an offseason under his belt, he came back last year and just they couldn't couldn't do it. They had to pull him against Texas and Red River. Caleb Williams leads game-winning comeback, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the end of the story for him. So he comes to South Carolina with all these tools, and you're right. That was the, the big selling point was South Carolina's just never had a quarterback this talented. And so that was – Everybody wanted to believe in. Um, there was a famous line with Marcus Satterfield um, where he says, everybody thinks you suck. Everybody thinks I suck. Let's join forces and prove them wrong. Um, 
That <laughs> could be famous last yeah, order. Don't, don't put that's not maybe not verbatim, but it's pretty close to that. Um, <laughs> that's not looking like the best line right now. Um, they're just they're just having some struggles on offense. Like Nick, it's more than just Rattler. Like he needs to play better for them. And like when they get in this SEC grind now, they're gonna have to turn him loose and see what happens and live with the results. But they just have like weird personnel usage on offense. You go back to SEC media days. The two big names outside of Rattler at South Carolina were Jaheim Bell, the dude all tied in, and Josh Van coming back at receiver. And Van was a problem. I mean, he he he's he's been very good for them for quite some time as a explosive, over the yeah. top kind of deep play threat. Right. Van led them in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and he had he was up there in like catches of twenty five plus yards in the conference, I believe. So he was like their legit deep ball threat and he just he's disappeared nick he only has nine targets in five games three receptions they said jaheim bell they're going to use him in all these different ways um, his usage rate has severely gone down since the opener against georgia state so there's just some weird stuff going on with south carolina like why aren't these guys um involved more and then you look at the receivers like they uh jalen brooks was kind of their third or fourth best receiver last year he's now their clear number two guy He's not anything special. I would say he's having a solid year, but he's not anything special. Um, Antoine Wells Jr., uh, Juice Wells, they added from James Madison. He's probably, he's their number one target this year. But the passing game as a whole, they've hit on some big chunk plays, but the efficiency is really, really, really bad. I believe they're 90th or so in passing success rate. The passing game has just been bad. Rattler's thrown seven interceptions. He's made a lot of mistakes. Nick, only one team – in college football has turned it over more than South Carolina. Utah State mm-hmm. has 15 turnovers this season. South Carolina's tied mm-hmm. with about eight or nine teams with 13 turnovers. Um, so mm-hmm. ball security is a big deal, uh, of passing game efficiency. And really the one good thing they have going for them right now is Marshawn Lloyd, who was a top 50 recruit out of DeMatha Catholic in the DMV. He blew his knee up first year. You know, he's just now getting back to full speed. He's been really good for them here these last couple of games. In the Charlotte game, he was awesome. Um, but you kind of dig deep into them, like the passing yeah. game, Nick. Like third, uh, the tight ends and the running backs have like forty receptions of the hundred and twenty or so completions. Like a lot of it is just nothing's open. Let's let's dink it down or let's run screen a bunch of screens. Um, so for Kentucky, it's can South Carolina can you like Kentucky do what they do? Give take away the big play. Make South Carolina can dunk their way down the field. What they show us so far is they're going to have a hard time doing that. Um, so for Kentucky on that, that aspect is fine. I'm not really worried about the Kentucky defense this week, as I'm kind of rambling here. But um, it's really – this week is all about the offense because we know what Kentucky, Kentucky is on defense. To me, it's more not even – it's not it's when Rattler's off the field this week. Um, to me, this whole game is what Kentucky does on offense. Well, and I, I – did dive in because uh, I keep up a little bit. You know, we'll keep tabs with the other team sites at On Three. Gamecock Central had some stories about uh, Marshawn Lloyd having big back-to-back weeks. He had 169 yards against Charlotte, 80 yards against South Carolina State. It's not on a ton of carries. It's a lot of big plays, kind of stuff, right? 15 carries, yeah. 169 yards. Well, they they have OL. They have offensive line issues as well. I mean, they're running quick pitches and they're trying to get him out on the edge. You could argue that South Carolina's offensive line has been as bad as Kentucky's to this point in the season. I don't think that's a crazy argument. These are the might be the two worst offensive lines in the SEC we've seen 
uh, to this point in the year on the field Saturday. Um, but it's kind of a get-right spot for Kentucky's offense, uh, yeah. specifically the running game. You look at oh. some of the ru- rushing numbers we can get into right here. I mean, they're, they're bad for South Carolina. Really bad. Um, and I don't know if you had them pulled up. I was reading some of your bow blast earlier that had them uh, giving up, what, four and a half yards per carry? 85th nationally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not great. Um, they've they've never really been great at stop run. If you yeah. look back at Chris Rodriguez's best games as a Wildcat, they're almost all against South Carolina. Um, I asked him about it Tuesday. He's just like, it's really nothing to it. I just, I don't know, South Carolina. It's like, yeah, it's just South Carolina. They they give up the run well. And, and we can get more into South Carolina, but from Kentucky's side of things, and, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to, I can sift my way through Mark Stoops' comments pretty well. Still trying to figure out Rich Gangarello, right? Like, I can't tell when he's just full of it or not. I'm glad you're saying that because <laughs> Taylor asked me, "What? well, that sounds pretty good, right? What he was saying, I was like, you can't, like, you can't take much of what he says. Like, we just got to kind of see it on the field. because Yeah, yeah. And I at least from his standpoint, he's is, is like, we're close. It's 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 getting there. It's it's and the the reason why I can give him some benefit of the doubt to this point is that you are breaking in a bunch of new offensive linemen, right? They've rarely been healthy at the same time. You didn't have your good running back until you actually played an old miss defense that isn't like most defenses you'll typically play. Um, so you're gonna get kind of some weird looks in that three, two, five, right? So I can I can give him a little bit of rope, but like this is a game where you, you should probably rush for 200 yards, right? 200 non-sack yards. Yeah, I mean you should push it. I'm not going to set like a bar for them, but they should have some success on the ground. Like this is the week here. Um, South Carolina's down two front seven starters. Nick Chris Rodriguez in his career, 46 carries, 348 yards, four touchdowns, 7.6 yards per pop. Um, Carolina had 117th in defensive rush success rate, 113th in EPA per rush. These are from CFB graphs. They're just they're bad stopping the run. That is the weakness of the team. Like I mentioned earlier, two front seven starters out. Kentucky needs to be able to run the football this week. They just they have to be able to run the football. Um, they can win the game probably without really establishing the run, um, but it's going to make everything easier. If they can go in here and hammer the rock, and just it's going to open things up for everyone else. Um, so I think it's yeah. really important that this is the tw- number twenty-four. This is kind of a twenty-two to twenty-five touch game for me. He needs to, he needs to get the ball in his belly, and you need to let him move the chains and set set you up in good situations. Yeah, Chris got uh, nineteen carries, and he also had either three or four receptions um, in that old Miss game. And he even admitted to, you know, he was feeling gassed there in the second half. And that's that's very much a you can't play your way. Like you you kind of have to play your way into shape, right? Like there was going to be some rust. There was the first time he's gotten hit without one of those Guardian things on since December. There, there was just going to be s- some natural um, kinks to work out, right? Like he's just got to play his way through it. You got that game – under your belt at Ole Miss. Now you're playing a, a inferior uh, opponent. And the thing is, too, like it, especially saw some pretty cool schemed up runs. You know, you had the tight end around that was a good for a first down. Uh, you, you you had that cool uh, – it was technically a pass 
to Tavion Robinson, but the way he's been using the run game, we'll call that a run. They've, they've schemed up some good stuff, but this is a game where you, in theory, should be able to just line it up and go right down their damn throat. Yeah, I will say they've there are times when they block it really well. Uh, Rodriguez's 10-yard touchdown, they got a great kickout block from Tayshaun Manning. They got movement at the point of attack. It was right there. It was blocked very well. But there's sloppiness, too. They, like, they barely got the handoff off to Cummings on that jet sweep. Mm-hmm. Like the motion was just the timing of the motion was just off. And then we could get into the snap count. I mean, it's just, it's sloppy. They're just sloppy. And mm-hmm. uh, like, they got to get all that fixed. Uh, to me, I'm sitting here wondering like, do they have like too much on their plate? Like, is that call sheet too thick? Do they need to just figure out what they do well and just do that and dress it up in formations? Um, maybe that's, yeah, maybe that could solve some problems, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not over there. Not I haven't in seen, there. Yeah, right. I haven't seen enough. <laughs> so, but it they're so close to breaking through that. Like, I really do think that. Like, you see the upside with this offense. Yeah, you see yeah. the weapons at receiver. You know Levis can make all these throws. You know what Rodriguez is as a tailback. You know the tight ends. I think blocking wise has been a pretty big disappointment, but. In space, we've seen Janae Dingle make throws. We've seen uh, or make catches. We've seen Upshaw in the past. They've got weapons here. It's just like figuring it all out. And once they figure it out, they can really be humming. But how do you trust them to get there at this point? Well, you're just going to have to see it, right? I, I just need them to see it. They need to have an offensive explosion. And we need to see it. Um, and because of South Carolina's run defense, that should make things easier. And you go back to last year, Nick, they ran for 250 yards. They, Kentucky won this game last year despite – negative three in the turnover column is because they were plus 200 on the ground. They just control the entire game. Um, so if they can go in there and do that here, it's going to eliminates that eliminates room for error when you're kind of a big, when you're two possession favorite in a game uh, like this one, if you could just, if you can run the rock and limit turnovers, I think it's going to be hard for South Carolina to beat them. Yeah. And we don't need to itemize the mistakes from the old Miss game. It's been talked about at death, but like, those long explosive pass plays that are hitting fingertips but not getting reeled in, those are the close things, right? Yeah, but those go balls, like, those go balls, those are, like, you don't need a lot of – it's not a deep over route. You don't need a lot of protection to get those off. You know, whether it's under center or the gun, you just need uh, two seconds and then you can throw it deep. And so that's something I think they're really going to need to go to here um, moving forward. Uh, especially if Barry and Brown can start getting releases off the line of scrimmage. It's, that's his biggest thing there. Um, yeah, because he's so he small, get, right? Well, yeah, just and he's so fast that if he gets a, a clean release at the line, it's uh, he's off. It's good night. It's good night, Irene. Right? I mean, but you know, for now, for him though, like you've got a got a lot of mouths to feed to. Like you got to get him the ball. Like he got it on something, whether it's in like just even if it's a reverse or whatever, he needs to touch the ball. He still hasn't did done he, a jet sweep yet. What the hell? Like, it's not that he hard. Did, I thought he did. We did one week one or week two. I got him with a with a rushing attempt. I think it was some type of jet sweep early. But either either way, they they need he needs more touches. You know, and I I think Dane Key like needs more targets. Um, they just got a lot of mouths to feed, and they need to stop taking negative plays, whether it's sacks, or tackles for loss. Uh, like that's the biggest issue I think with this offense because efficiency they're doing some good things. There's explosiveness in the passing game. You just need to stay ahead of schedule 
and then hopefully start hitting some chunk run plays to, and that'll open everything up. Well, and that's one thing I wanted to mention too. I mean, Levis's top 10 in quarterback rating, yards per attempt, passes of 40 and 50 yards or more, and in overall passing yards, he's 21st in FBS. Like, it's it's to say that out loud and still 68% completion rate too. It's not like he's throwing. Yeah. Not like Kentucky's hitting an 80 yard bomb and then five, six incompletions in a row. Like the ball is being caught. That's what I mean. Like, it's not like he's the offense. You feel like it has a lot left to give, and they've still done a lot of good things, right? So it does feel like they're close. And I guess we, this is the game where the benefit of the doubt goes away, right? Because you're entering week six. This is right when they started to turn things on last year. That LSU game, Levis looked like a man on a mission. And, and, you know, they, they did have a lot of new pieces, right? So you you can't solve all of your problems overnight. But you know what? We're, we're halfway through. We're about halfway into the season. Like, this is, this is the point. This is where you figure your stuff out. Um, and you have to because that Mississippi State 335 is going to give them fits. Um, at least in this game, um, as Freddie alluded to earlier in this week, Brad White versus Satterfield is the biggest mismatch on the field. I'd be shocked if South Carolina gets more than 14 points in this game. I, I would. I just I, – I find a hard time well, seeing them getting three scores. Turnovers are going to be huge. Special teams. Yeah, unless it's turnovers or special teams, right? Like, which is – this is really – like, let's just say what it is. Ole Miss, Kentucky beat themselves. The only way you lose to South Carolina is if you just beat yourselves and you got to beat the shit out of yourselves too. This team is not Ole Miss. Yeah. So go out there, execute, and just – because and that's and that's really like they're not an NFL team, right? Like college, there's always going to be some mistakes out there. They're college kids. It's, it's not. It's never going to be a clean football game. But they, they can execute much more soundly. They can mitigate these backbreaking plays that are keeping this offense from being one of the best in the country. Yeah. Um. Quick thing, I think playing Ole Miss this year will help in that Mississippi State game. If they've seen a 3-3-3 defense once, I think that's going to help a lot right. for next week. We can get into that next week, but I think that's going to help a lot. Secondly, yeah, I mean, to me, like, this feels like a game, Nick, where Kentucky gets a lead, and it's how close can South Carolina keep it for the rest of the game. And then mm-hmm. what if they can hang around long enough to go win in the fourth quarter. Um, and to me, it's going to be hard for them, one, to put drives together if Kentucky can stop the run because I don't – necessarily believe Rattler can put enough drives together. And two, it comes down to um, – it's going to come down to situational football. Kentucky's going to move it. Um, two big things this week, Nick. South Carolina's defense has been bad in situations here. Uh, they're 113th nationally in third down slash fourth down conversion rate. They don't get Ooh. off the field on third down. They're 112th nationally in red zone touchdown percentage, um, the defense. So when teams get in the red zone, they score. They're scoring seventy-seven percent of the time. So for Kentucky, like that's where the that's where the game's going to be. To me, it's that it's turnovers in this situational football on offense. Can they, when Kentucky creates scoring opportunities, can they finish with touchdowns and points to give them a comfortable lead, or do they mess around and find themselves in a really tight ball game again? Like that's where I think the game is going to be determined. Because you look at the numbers, like turnover wise, like it. A lot would have to go South Carolina's way for them to be plus three on a team again. Um, they're not forcing fumbles. All their 
other things have been – other turnovers have really been interceptions, I think, outside of one. And then they're, they're throwing interceptions and putting the ball on the turf on offense. So you play that to – if you're Kentucky, you play it to even. You don't give them anything cheap special teams-wise. You should well, be able to handle this as long as you finish drives on offense. And to me, that's what the game comes down to. And you, you pointed out earlier in the week, too, on the Kentucky defensive side of things, there's been, what, 20-some-odd PBUs and only four interceptions? Yeah, they're, they're at typically – 20 you should intercept 25 total percent on on like average of passes defense so you combine pbus and interceptions 25 percent of those should typically be interceptions kentucky's right at like 12 or 13 percent with their number mm-hmm. so you keep getting ball production those are going to turn into interceptions um Which- spencer rattler's actually been a little bit unlucky nick over half of his total passes defended have turned into interceptions um there was two last week where they, they hit the receiver's hands. Uh, they landed in the defender's arms. One, he threw high. The if it, the, the could, South Carolina receiver kind of jumps, try to catch it, tips it up, and that allowed Georgia State to intercept it. Like, he's gotten some bad breaks on these interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe this is the week Kentucky can can get them because he will, they'll, they, they will, Kentucky will have chances at picks this week. and they, like Just like they did last week, they have to – Seal the seal the ball up and catch it when they, when those opportunities come. Seal that deal. Um, should be a good atmosphere though. Seven thirty, beautiful, beautiful weather. I mean, you can't ask for a better Keeneland Kentucky football daily double. I think it's like highs at like seventy three or something. It's going to be like have a hoodie on um, at yeah. at night. I mean, it's going to be so, yeah. Just, mwah. Oh. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Put a little bourbon Lord. blanket on. Um, I've seen the tickets are sold out, but like you, you can find them pretty much wherever on the secondary market. So it should be a, a, a full packed house. Um, maybe a few more fans than Vanderbilt. I don't know. Steven Garcia, did he take one too many hits in the head? Like that dude, he, just, he's, he's a little off his rocker. It's it's Kentucky week in South Carolina. They do this every year. It's It's very much... You know, it's not, it's nothing, it has nothing really to do with Kentucky. It has everything to do about South Carolina this week. But the problem is there's no context. There's no context with what Kentucky is doing. It's just, it's Kentucky. Um, We should be Kentucky every year. There's no context that Kentucky's won 50 something games in the last whatever years. There's no context that Mark Stoops has been here 10 years. He's one of the best coaches in SEC. There's no context to, you know, we've lost. We've lost in all these games for a reason. And it's not just – it's not the old Kentucky that's beating them. It's the new Kentucky. That's the, pro, that's the problem with South Carolina um, this week. And you you see, you're seeing that play out. And Steve Garcia, they, he's trying to be a lightning rod, so. Yeah. They're living in 2008, right? Steve Spurrier's still got his uh, visor on the sideline. They're rocking yeah. and rolling. But it's more um, so – it's not just – it's their media and their fans both. Um, it's very much – I think people have a hard time getting it through their thick – Skulls that Kentucky's good at football. Like this, that, that, this, I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> I, I, it's just very hard for people to to understand that. Um, especially like if you're a South Carolina fan around Orange, Nick, you all you knew was like beating Kentucky every year. You, you did, you know. Mm-hmm. But you look up, you know, South Carolina won 13 out of 14. Like Kentucky's won seven out of eight now. Yep, they're getting pretty close to what you grew up with this last few years. Haven't won in Lexington since 2012. Yeah. Been a long time. Long time. Yeah. So, um, the- and they almost lost that game, too. Which, if we're talking about the number 
10 and a half is about perfect because I want to say it's almost the average margin over the last. Yeah, it just dropped to nine and a half right before or right to today at DraftKings. Okay. Um, um, most of the money is on Kentucky here, just like last week, um, just except Kentucky's a favorite and not the dog. But So that's interesting. But yeah. I thought the line was good. 10, 10 and a half is what I would have said it at. I right, right. Line. And it's just a little um, – what's the word I'm looking for? It feels like the game will be around that, right, where he goes up a couple scores. How, as you put it, how will South Carolina hang into for? I kind of see this game going how the Missouri game went a year ago where they're doing some yeah, great things. Yeah, Chris Rodriguez rushed for 200 yards. Everybody feel a lot better. Let's, <laughs> let's have that play out. That would be nice. Yeah. But like that Missouri game, though, you could have won by four. You you could have been up by twenty eight points going into halftime. You make a mistake, they hang around longer than you expect. Yeah. You never felt like Kentucky was going to lose, but the final score, you're like, wait, that was only a seven ten point game. Like you might be sweating out that nine and a half point line. Uh, I'm probably going to end up staying away from it. Yeah, I very much feel like South Carolina is probably going to cover that number. I feel like it's going to be in. There's going to be poor part in the fourth quarter. Was going to get a little too close for comfort. But I think Kentucky's going to win. They got the better team. They should win. But they ha- they just aren't great. Awful loss in their stoops, Nick. Um, let me pull it up here. 6-14-1 against the spread after since 26-17 after a loss with nine outright defeats. Yeah. yeah it's just not, it's not great. But there's some trends going their way, too. 8-1 um, ATS against South Carolina since Stoops got here. South Carolina has been a nine to thirteen point dog since nine times next since twenty seventeen. They are zero and nine against the spread. With Ew. losses to Clemson twice, A and M twice, Georgia, Ole Miss, Kentucky in twenty twenty, Missouri and Tennessee. Usually, over the last five years, when they get in a spot like this where teams are this much different than each other, they get hammered. Um. And as a dog in general, since that big upset win over Georgia in 2019, they are two and seven against the spread as a road dog with zero outright wins. Um, the only covers were as huge, huge uh, dogs. Once against a Florida team that won the East in 2020, and a second against the Georgia team that won the national championship in 2021. So this is not a spot they play well in either. You know, like <laughs> so, like uh, the rubber rubber's meeting the road here. So one side yeah, is going to yeah. come out. On the other, to me, it's all about just finding a way to win this game, win it, get the run game going a little bit, and then get ready for Mississippi State. I don't know what else more to say other than that. I think, obviously, the, this game has lost a little bit of the steam. You know, South Carolina slow start, but then Kentucky, the way they lost, I think people are still kind of licking their wounds a little bit in town here. So, in – you know, South Carolina's got it circled. The start could be huge in this game. Not letting South Carolina get out to a hot start. Um, you get a lead early, you can really kind of set the tone of the game. And so, um, to me, it's going to be early, the early start watching that, and then Kentucky can they finish their drives with touchdowns against a bad situational defense over at South mm-hmm. Carolina. And you look at it just overall, Nick. They, they're better on Kentucky's better on offense. They're better on defense. They should win the game. They just got to go do it. Yeah. Go do it. Let's eradicate these special teams' mistakes. Uh, yeah, I do want to say this. Like, I don't care. Like, 
Matt Ruffalo is who he is. Like he's not he's not pushing like for being one of the best Kentucky kickers of all time. You get outside of thirty-five, he's gonna miss a cut. He's gonna miss some, you know. But he's proven he can make some for fifty-two. You just gotta live with it. Mm-hmm. To me, it's all about the height on his kicks. Like the field goal, he got height on it, you know. So you know you're gonna miss some of those. I, I didn't really have an issue that the extra point you don't have much height on it, you know. And so that's the thing with him. It's just it's just up and down. I, I don't really blame a lot on him. Holder needs to catch a snap. I agree with Mark Stoops. That needs to be. That needs to be a catch and put down. It wasn't a great snap, but you got to put that one down. But yeah, it's just—it's just been a—it's been the oddest special teams year. Because, because they have, said, we haven't so good. <laughs> we haven't even like Tavian Robinson's going to bust one. He had here. a fifty-yarder, but he, yeah, you're right. Like he's going to—he's yeah. got more in yeah. the tank. He's going to bust one. Barry Brown's ridiculous. Even Colin Goodfellow like sucked the first two weeks, and now he's hitting. F- Excuse me. Now he's hitting bombs. Now he's hitting bombs. <laughs> Trey, you might need to edit that. Or not Trey. Uh, Steven, you might need to edit that. Whew. See, Beamer gets me going. I can't I can't help it. He just gets me going. You're wearing those stupid sunglasses. You get all worked up. But it's been just the oddest. It's been the oddest special teams here. Let's just play a game like down the middle here. Like just <laughs> – Nothing crazy. Like, let's just everybody just calm down. All, all PATs made, no blocks, minimal returns on both sides. Let's call it a day at the office. Oh. It's been the oddest special teams. I don't even want to get mad at them because some, like, a lot of it's just like stupid oh. stuff. Yeah. Just pick up the ball, right? Like, just grab it, put it down. Yeah, and Chance Poor, he also has had touchbacks like 90% of the time, and then he just randomly kicked one out of bounds. I think something weird was just happening in that stadium last Saturday, right? Like, there was just a lot of weird juju. You had weird wind gusts. The sun was blinding everybody. Sean Uh, McDonough crapped on their media setup, which I kind (laughs) of felt that energy because it was cramped up in there, in that box. And I guess the radio or the TV booth was really small, too. The sun was right in their eyes. I, I, I felt McDonough on that. Yeah. I, so I got a good chuckle. No one else cares, but I got a good chuckle out of that. <laughs> you know what else I got a good chuckle at right now? Like it. What's that? All these coaches getting fired. It's a lot of coaches getting fired. And none of them's names are Scott Satterfield or Brian Harson or Eli Drinkwitz, right? Like a lot of guys you thought when people were writing coaching carousel things preseason. I mean, Scott Frost was the only obvious one that's been canned. Um, but, yeah, we have five job openings. I guess Herm Edwards, too, because they were in a ton of trouble. But already have five job openings. Might might have another one this weekend. Uh, Auburn's a 30-point dog to Georgia. If this one feels like it, uh, let him take the Georgia beating. Get, you know, like Cadillac be the interim head coach, um, the running backs coach, the former star running back, something like that. That feels like where that's headed. A lot of buyout money, though. Um, a lot moving. And I do think the interesting part of it is when you look at it from um, – if you look at it from the perspective of the, like the supply and demand, there's going to be a lot of job openings, right? And we saw a ton last offseason, a lot of big ones. But I'm just curious, like, like let, let's say Louisville does get rid of Satterfield. They do the – like, well, let's just say they don't get Jeff. Jeff Brown. We're, 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 how, they're so far 
down the list among the coaching ranks. Now, granted, Wisconsin, they might do the interim thing, just keep Jim Leonard around. That's what it feels like. But when you see what else is out there, what else is available, like it, it really is. They could end up with another Scott Satterfield very easily, who might as well be Steve Cragthorpe 2.0. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing it set up that way. To me, if Louisville got in this search, there's going to be the clear top jobs, and then they're going to kind of kind of be in that second tier, competing with an Arizona State and whoever, whatever other jobs in that kind of tier open. The guys typically, Nick, that are going to Auburn or that Auburn would hire aren't wouldn't typically consider Louisville. Um, that's no shot to Louisville. That's just where they are in the pecking order for Louisville. I think it's just like any school like Louisville, I would say you're just better off finding a P five coordinator that you think is good. Um, that has, you know, high level power five pedigree and bringing him in and rolling the dice with them. It's what worked out best for them. Charlie strong. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's what Kentucky did with Stoops. Um, and even like, even Sam Pittman's different. But it's even what he – I mean, he was a long-time Power 5 coach at the highest level. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. I would, And then I would figure out what if they want to – they're probably going to want to lean offense. Do you want to get into the tempo game, hurry up, no huddle game? Do you think that's something you could be successful at? And it's like Kendall Browse. It's guys of, of that kind of background mm-hmm. that I would be looking at if I, if I were them. But – you know, I'm not them, so who knows what they're gonna do? Who knows what they're gonna do? But that's what I would look for. Like if Kentucky, like for Kentucky, like we've had we've had two coaches here that have succeeded, which really kind of a no like an old school, older school football approach, which is just running the football, not not taking a back seat, uh, not being afraid to you know speak out for the for their program. And Rich Brooks and Mark Stoops and both are from a defensive background. So for me, for Kentucky, I'm always looking at kind of defensive coaches uh, for this job. I think that's shown what has what has worked. You need kind of that mentality um, here. That's I think that's what works best. Uh, but yeah, it's I mean it's different uh, different for everyone. And I guess like these jobs are going to open, but like none of them are like blue chip jobs. Even the Auburn job's not a blue chip job. It's not a come in. Yeah. Especially it's with not, the way it's that, not USC, it's not yeah. Oklahoma, like last year, uh, not Notre Dame, it's not LSU. It, this is, it's going to take some building there and some patience. And so, what does that talent pool look like? I mean, it's a scary, scary hire for Auburn. I mean, they haven't even happened yet. And then I'm really intrigued to see like what Nebraska does because. That's the one that could, I could see, cause some ripple effects because I know what Wisconsin's doing. They did this to keep Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard. He was probably, right, I mean, I would right. imagine they they did this because he was probably leaving after this year if they kept Paul Chris. Right. I mean, that's that's why they did it. They can say what they want, but that's what that's what they did it. He this is the guy who turned down the Packers defensive coordinator job like two years ago. Um, he's turned down other overtures because he wanted to stay at Wisconsin. He wanted to be Wisconsin's next head coach. But it, the things got was going so bad he knew he had to get out of there. So now, now yeah. they're just they're just 
they're getting rid of all the dumb stuff and they're just getting to it right now. And Jim Leonard's going to be their head coach. So, like, that was a guy, defense court. He was on my short list. Hmm, um, if Stoops left. Um, so, he, I think he's going to do just fine there. Um, what I'm really interested in is, like, these Arizona State, Nebraska, those two could, like, if you got a good person there, that, that those, guy, those two programs could become forces. It's just getting the right person there. The uh, the my favorite part about this too is now we're going to get a lot. This is the big coach prime uh carousel where everyone just writes a paragraph about Deion Sanders when yeah. they're doing it. Yeah, this. yeah. um, and imagine I, I saw, go ahead. I saw Louisville fans actually being like, Well, what's done? It's like, dude, Deion Sanders is the most Louisville coach ever. He's way out of your league, though. Like, you can't get Deion Sanders. Deion's going, I, I don't, I don't know which. I'm fascinated by which job is it that will ultimately pull him from there because I think he's going to stay at that level until he just has the 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 ideal setting for what he wants. I don't know what that is. I can't get inside his brain. But like Louisville, they love the cocky ass coach from Florida, right? Like that is yeah, he that's be the their perfect the, coach. Yeah, yeah. So, but even Louisville fans like they, they're just not going to know how to handle this. They've, they've lost their minds, frankly, like trying to keep up with them. They've been so bad at everything for so long. Like their brains just can't take it. So they, they're yeah. going to have, it's going to be a rough time for the, for the Cardinal fans here for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Like Georgia tech is kind of interesting for Dion just because of the Atlanta area mm-hmm. and all that, but it's hard to get to school there. So True. recruiting their recruiting there has its difficulties, no matter who you are, because it's it's academic, it's academic, it's academics. I mean, it's not yeah. anything else. And that that institution has not really proven to be like seems like all in to make sure we can get it done in football either. And so that that is a concern. Um, there, I, yeah, I, I mean, other than that, like, I mean, like, could you imagine Dion and Auburn's booster culture getting along? <laughs> Oh, like that's not man. gonna happen. Like that's that, that just doesn't seem like a fit. Um, Remember when, the, like, they said Mitch Barnhart was on the short list to be yeah, Auburn's got, next uh, AD. Hope. Yeah, they they had him on a short list. I mean, Mitch kind of did that at Kentucky when he came in and he got rid of the good old boys club. It wasn't as nearly as chaotic as Auburn's good old boys club is. So maybe that's a lot of thing. I can't. Imagine. Well, they, they need to just probably hire somebody off Mitch's tree. He's got eight thousand of them. Ads. Yeah, yeah. Kind of do that. Yeah, that's that's their biggest issue. Um, I'm fascinated by that hire. Um, it seems like Bill O'Brien's going to get a job. Like his, you see his name floated out everywhere. Alabama. He was a GA. <laughs> yeah, he was a GA at Georgia Tech or an assistant under Chan Gailey when, like, they were good early in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. That feels like he'll be the feels next like coach it. at Georgia Tech to me. Um, uh, Ryan Walters, who Drinkowitz either didn't get along with or they decided to part ways. He's at Illinois now, defensive coordinator. I'm a younger black guy. He's 34, 35. So old Illinois' defense has been awesome since he's been there. He's mm-hmm. a Colorado alum. Like, Colorado, don't matter. That's who you need to hire. I feel bad for Colorado because they got unlucky with how the Mel Tucker stuff ended. Yeah. And, it was uh, uh, late, late in the process, too. Yeah. He kind of got – He was starting to get something going there, and then he just went to Michigan State. And like they did it immediately, where, what he should have really probably been doing at Colorado that year. That big year they had probably should have been Colorado's team, except it was Michigan State team. Mm. Um, so that stinks. Um, and Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins, I, I – Jeff Collins get, took that job like two years too early. He needed to wait till the portal came. Yeah. 
because I'm not saying he wouldn't have not – he probably wouldn't have got fired regardless, but made that job a lot harder than it needed to be with um, new coach, COVID, and then portal. He needed the portal right away. If you get the portal right away, it looks – You can change up the scheme, right? right? You can get rid of the triple option and kind of phase out those people. Well, year two, you have, a, you have a roster that can – they can compete. Like, look at Arizona right now. Their roster year one was terrible. Fish had a good recruiting class. Pulls a couple guys from the portal. They're, like, competitive now in the Pac-12. Um, where Georgia mm-hmm. Tech it was just a total train wreck from start to finish with college. Mm-hmm. Hey, but they beat Pitt, though. They did. ACC Coastal. <laughs> Gift that keeps on giving. It really is a, a treat. And um, Kentucky, they'll be treating some recruits. To big-time visits this weekend. Um, the big one, D-Bell, uh, Demetrius Bell, wide receiver from uh, Nash. I don't know. He's Central Tennessee. He's an NPA guy, right? National yeah, Playmaker National. Academy. Um, but D-Bell, talented wide receiver. He's on an official visit. Former Michigan State commit. He's the big one. Um, I've seen uh, Gavin Grover, tight end from Owen Tangy in Ohio's. He's visiting this weekend. This is the first big recruiting weekend Kentucky's had during the season. Yeah, yeah. Godfrey's supposed to make – Grant Godfrey's supposed to make his OV one of these next two weekends. It's either this game or next weekend. I think it's Mississippi State. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the next two weeks, these primetime games. Yeah. Demetrius uh, Bell is a name people need to keep an eye on. Yeah. Feels like it's either going to be him or Carmelo English. And – I think they feel a little bit better with maybe how they can get Bell, you know? Strengthening that relationship with MPA. Yeah, that's significant. So. It, it's a big deal. Wade's um, were there. Barry and Brown. Yeah, right. Keep keep taking players from what should be a major Tennessee pipeline. That's sort yeah. of deal. If you um <laughs> there were if you just searched Barry and Brown on Twitter after the big game he had Saturday. You saw some of the – some of all Twitter was like, yeah, what, what the hell? Ole Miss Twitter, doing? too. They, yeah. I, they were they were wanting to trade Jordan Watkins for Barry on Brown because they were recruiting Brown mm-hmm. pretty late. Uh, yeah, he's he's awesome. He's awesome. Keep feeding him the rock. I want to yeah. see one of those over routes this weekend, like that you've been talking about. Yeah, I want to just get him on a crosser with an engine revved up. Where you just throw it out, let him go run and get it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, what are you like? What would what's gonna make you nervous on Saturday, Nick? Like in this game, like like when you're watching this game, what is it, what is a thing you don't want to see that would make like things a little hairy here for Kentucky? Really, it's just more red zone turnovers because they've been so bad in the red zone, and Rich kind of blew that off as like, well, we were throwing fades in week two, and it's like, well. Th- that's not why your red zone stinks. It's not exclusively why. Like that, it's been a kind of consistent problem. I think they're only scoring touchdowns what fifty percent of the time or something like that. The red zone offense stinks. So if you got Chris Rodriguez rocking and rolling, the running game's finally feeling good, and then you have a fumble in the red zone like that. That's the sort of stuff that can really prevent your team from getting the full confidence they need to get in this game. Right? This should be a game that instills a lot of confidence in your offense to get things done. And that's what will worry me. Yeah, for me, it's not falling in a hole early. As long as they don't get down early in the game, I think they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I think starts huge. I mean, look at the two SEC games, Nick. They fell down in the first half. 
both both contests. And I think they deferred him both. So Anawakets are out. I don't know. I think they did the right thing there, but like they they, mm-hmm. they can't have, they can't happen this week. Well, they, they lost like it, so it's the wrong thing. <laughs> well, they were one and one. They won. They beat Florida. They lost this week, right? What what you are? What your your last game is? You're I uh, so that that is my concern. Like they can't be starting this slow, and especially like. Ole Miss was – I didn't like – because you had to face the tempo and you had to face Lane Kiffin's script in the first big game of the season. Uh, like, Ole Miss was scoring on their first couple possessions. I I think that was pretty cool. – I mean, we established that last week. For this week, it's, got, it's Marcus Satterfield. No. I, you, you should be ready to, to stop this offense um, that South Carolina has. And offensively, you need to – you need to come out and you need to be able to run the ball and you need to keep hopefully keep your quarterback clean and you need to be able to move the ball and score points on this on the South Carolina defense. So for me, it's all on the start. Do not if if they fiddle around at the start, like we saw against Northern Illinois, like we've seen against my I mean, they've gotten down a lot early in these games. For me, I, I don't want to see that happen this one. Um, take care of business early and then you they should be in pretty good shape for the rest of the game. Don't fiddle around. Um, don't bring your fiddle to Kroger Field either. So, uh, R.I.P. Loretta Lynn. I'm sure they'll be playing some of that at the Krogue. Um, Chrome domes are coming out. I'm, I'm sure so they'll be accompanied by some anthracite. I can feel it in my bones. Um, so, should be an exciting Saturday. You don't think – no no New Jerseys, Nick? You don't think they're breaking out New Jerseys? I swear to God, if anybody <laughs> ever asked me about a New Jersey or New – no, we're not getting any special stuff, all right? We're gonna. Uh, Steven's gonna be working overtime trying to edit out all our cursing. Jesus, uh, <laughs> lucky over here dropping f bombs. Uh, <laughs> Punch just get me fired up. What can I say? Oh man, hopefully Stoops that he'll get he'll get the boys fired up. He'll wear some stupid sunglasses. Just don't just be careful wearing sunglasses too close around Mark Stoops this week. He might just grab them and snap them. Never know. You never know. Um, should be an exciting one though. Hopefully the cats get a hat out of here. With the win, hopefully you're subscribed to KSR on YouTube, and we'll have a lot more coming up. Pick three on Thursday, a lot of fun stuff. Rapid reaction after the game, so keep it locked to the KSR YouTube page. We'll be back here next week on Eleven Personnel each and every Wednesday evening. Until then, go Cats and go Kroger. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.